Welcome to episode one, part two of Louise Savage in Breaking Disability. I hope you enjoyed uh, episode one. It was so great to sit down with Louise and, and chat to her about her journey. Obviously, Paralympics are on in Tokyo at the moment. The Aussies are doing amazing. Um, it's, it's really a great feeling in the country to be able to support the Paralympic Games and, and all the amazing achievements of the Paralympians. But Louise's story is more than just winning medals. In episode two, um, you'll really hear Louise open up a little bit and we'll discuss um, what having a disability meant, the stereotypes, how she broke them down, uh, her work career, and how she's been able to turn what she did and the confidence she gained through sport uh, into her work environment and her employment opportunities. Now working for uh, N-Swiss, um, training Maddie Di Rosario. So sit back, enjoy part two of episode one, the Louise Savage story on breaking disability, proudly brought to you by Disability Sports Australia. And I'm your host, CEO Murray Elborn. And this is probably the most important thing I think we can talk about today is the confidence that sport's given you in the rest of your life. You know, we talk about obviously the physical benefits and, uh, and then the social benefits, but, um, you know, to be able to look at the rest of your life after you start playing sport and you leave school and you're trying to get a job and trying to build relationships and, and friendships, tell me the confidence that sport gave you in, in your career as a, as a teenager in WA. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, obviously I was involved in sport at a very high level and I had a great support team around me. And then from that sparked so many different things and areas. And I think about my first, um, you know, interviews for for the media and things like that, you'd get one word out of me. Now you can't shut me up. But um, <laughs> but that confidence and the training that you did and it all made it, um, I suppose, the person you are today. And I've had this amazing platform through sport to be able to, as you said, be an advocate for disability, to get out there and show the world, you know, not necessarily about my disability, but my abilities what I could do on the sporting field, given the amount of work that I did and how strong I was and fit I was. And, you know, to try and make that, I suppose, um, shine through more than my disability. So, yeah, it's definitely shaped me in the person that I've become. Um, I've had so many opportunities through my sporting career. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, to be able to do what I'm doing now and still be involved in, in, you know, the love of my life, which is, is definitely sport and wheelchair racing. So um, I'm very thankful and you just never know what's going to come up around the corner. And, you know, my, my parents used to worry about what I was going to do and, you know, I should get a really better education and, and all these kind of things in a traditional job. And I'm like, my mom was always, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens kind of thing. <laughs> and thank goodness she did. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's turned out okay. And, you know, I, I did go into further studies and I did do a, a bunch of different things. And now I'm working with, you know, one of the, the greatest institutes in, in Australia. And um, I have such great support around me and forever learning. You never stop learning as a coach either or as a person. And I have so many opportunities um, for that. So, yeah, the sport has really 
given me so much growth as a person and you know I'm, I'm very thankful for everything that's opened up to me and the experiences I've had of, of course traveling overseas and seeing the world as well. And you know just along the employment pathway you talked about obviously working for the institute now and um, what a well-respected agency they are and um, you know, you've had your own businesses as well along the way and um, you know just talk about that. I, I saw that, you know, after you, you're in WA, you did a TAFE course for secretarial and, and administration, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. And, you know, but that's part of the journey, right, is um, as you go along the way, you kind of want that, you know, background to be able to, to settle off. And, and I know for myself, you know, without sport and the confidence that that gave me, travel, like you said, traveling the world, you know, playing for Australia, doing interviews, feeling more confident in what you can do, that does translate. And, you know, we look at the... Uh, employment situation for people with disabilities in Australia and I think one of the things that's really lacking is that um, you know, people are still defined by their disability rather than being defined about who they are and so you know just understanding that you're that person first um, rather than someone with a disability and, and the best compliment that someone's given me was a, a previous boss you know who said I don't even think about you having a disability you just Murray you know and and that's great. That's what I want. You know, I want people to be able to see me as a person first, as capable, um, as confident, as someone who can go and do things. And, and you've you know highlighted that all through your life as well. But but tell us about that. You know, tell us about how that makes you feel when you rock up for a job interview at at uh, NSWIS and you know go through that process. How did that work out? Oh, I'm not sure I could do it now. I don't think they'd employ me. <laughs> it's very nerve wracking. I sit on panels now and interview people for jobs, which is kind of funny. But um, but yeah, I think it's it is quite nerve wracking. And unfortunately, as you mentioned, a lot of people see the disability, and because I have an extremely visual disability as well, um, they can't get past that sometimes. And maybe it shouldn't be up to me to to put those people's minds at ease, but often it is. Um, you have to shine through a little bit more with your personality and your, you know, who you are. And again, you shouldn't have to do that. It should, you know, your qualifications, your um, ability should shine through more than anything. And, and as you said, see them as a person. Um, when I left school, I left school in year 10. I, I did do that TOEF course. My mother said I wasn't allowed to sit at home, so I had to go and do something. Um, <laughs> that was only for a year. And then I did do... Um, I did do year 11 through correspondence. I have done a, a postgraduate certificate, even though I didn't end up doing a, um, a degree in the end. So there's, there's lots of different ways you can do things. Um, so it doesn't, I don't, didn't really follow a traditional path, so to speak, but um, it doesn't matter. In the end, it, it, it all worked out fine. And your lived experience, I can tell you now, is worth so much. Uh, lived experience just you know in the world traveling um, your understanding the the abilities that I have now I, you don't even know sometimes what you have um, my ability to organize uh, transport accommodation and flights for a bunch of people going overseas that all require different um, speciality you know conditions and things like that um, I can do that I've got a good spreadsheet and uh, you know I would never have been able to do that you know, probably 20 years ago or something like that. It just your, your experiences and the, you, you find out what you're good at and what you're not good at. And it's just, yeah, just through multiple ways that you can achieve your goals. NDSP Plan Managers are your NDIS Plan Management Specialist and are proud to support Disability Sports Australia in getting more people with a disability involved in all levels of sport. Choose a plan manager that will help you achieve your goals 
at ndsp.com.au. So now we'll move into the, the coaching um, framework. But before we get there, um, inducted into the uh, Australian uh, Sport Hall of Fame and then um, brought to legend status um, uh, recently in 2019. How, how was that for you just to be recognised by your peers um, and be the first legend um, as a para-athlete in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, um, <laughs> insane. <laughs> uh, I was the first athlete with a disability to be inducted as an athlete into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame, and that in itself was phenomenal and, you know, extremely proud, obviously, for my achievements and getting to that level, but to be recognised on that level, and I just felt like it was another breakthrough. It was another... Um, breakthrough for athletes with disabilities and just that we you know now I was in there's no reason why more people couldn't get in and and to be recognized at that level and equal par with their able-bodied athletes so for me that was phenomenal and um, I was invited after um, that induction to be part of the selection committee and panel which is um, again fantastic Um, but then to get to to legend status again was just yeah beyond your wildest dreams it's just um yeah, and unfortunately, that was our last dinner that we've been able to have since, you know, all the COVID came out. So um, extremely lucky to be able to do that and to be recognised at that stage, on that stage with, you know, so many legends in the room. And, yeah, it was just phenomenal to have my family there and my closest friends. So I was just, yeah, so it proud. All, it all starts with that, you know, eight-year-old uh, experience, doesn't it? You know, if, if you'd never gone... If you didn't pursue that, if your parents didn't you know, sign you up for things and support what you were doing, none of this would be possible. And I think that's you know the message that I want to get through in this podcast is yes, you know you're this legend that everyone is familiar with and you've done amazing things in your life. But it all started as an eight-year-old or a three-year-old going to swimming lessons, and you know, parents are so important in those early stages. Um, and you know, from a disability sports Australia point of view. That's what we want to be able to do. We want to do more mentoring with parents. We want to do, you know, more um, sessions with people like you who can talk about their journey and inspire others to take that first step because the first step is the hardest, right, uh, for many families. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, from humble beginnings, I suppose, um, you never know what can happen. Um, you know, I just think, as I said before, not everyone's going to get to that level, but I think it's important to find your community, find where you belong. I think that's one of the hardest things in life sometimes. Um, but coming along to sport, you, you might not be good at it, but you might have fun and and make some new friends. And, you know, you might try a few different sports to find out what, what works for you. I was extremely lucky. I had very supportive parents. And my, my, my poor mother took me everywhere. When I got my driver's license, I think she didn't know what to do with herself. Um, and she'd made so many friends along the way too, to, you know, taking me to sport. And it was, it was great that she got to do that as well. And, you know, I have a great relationship with a lot of the parents that come down and bring the kids that I coach as well. And it's, we have a lot of fun um, and they help out where they can and they can just see their kids shine. It's just fantastic. They have smiles on their face, you know, I'm yelling at them and uh, making them do lots of things but um, but yeah they're having a lot of fun and it, it's great and yeah they get to to have a shared experience so it's yeah you never know what can happen so I encourage anybody to to come along um, have a chat you know just have a go you never know 
Yeah, absolutely. Definitely have a go. It's an important message. All right, so let's flip the switch now. You've uh, you're done with your career and gone through. It's interesting. You started out, you know, at 100 meter events. You've won four Boston marathons. So you've you've done the span um, and all the track stuff, obviously, in the in the Paralympics and 11 gold medals at, at Para World um, Championships as well. So you've competed at all different levels. I saw you did an ocean swim as well, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so you're fighting for punishment, Louise. <laughs> I've got to have a crack at everything. Come on. <laughs> You've done your research. <laughs> I have. Um, but um, coaching is an interesting thing. And I'm, I'm definitely keen to, to hear your transition from athlete to coach. Um, it's one that was uh, really great for me. Um, and I think being able to give back is so important, right? Just to be able to take your experiences in life and what you uh, had challenges with and understand those and give that advice back to someone as a coach and um, I think a lot of people know that you coach um, Maddie Di Rosario who's obviously um, front and centre in the public eye a lot of pressure on her um, to go perform in Tokyo um, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Maddie your, your coaching of her um, how you started out in your coaching so um, as you've mentioned before, Athens was my last Paralympic Games and I knew that was going to happen. And prior to that, um, I had taken up a coaching scholarship with the Sports Commission. So I did do some um, preparation, you could say, for my retirement. I didn't know if I'd be any good at a coach, but I thought, you know, I, I would really wanted to give back to the sport that had given me so much and, and I really wanted to stay involved if I could. So I thought I'd give coaching a crack basically. And um, after Athens, uh, my training partner at the time, Angie Ballard, asked if I would coach her. And I think I must have asked her 10 times if she was sure about that. Um, but that was my first, I suppose, coaching gig. Um, I did um, some, some stuff with Angie and, of course, um, also with the junior guys and development and tried to stay involved in my chosen sport and got something like 15 hours of work a week, which I was absolutely stoked about <laughs> and actually got paid for. <laughs> Less secretarial work, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that was a come some time ago, that one. <laughs> Seems like a lifetime ago. But, um, but, yeah, so that's how I kind of started out and it kind of went from there. And I, I, I had the support of, uh, you know, the New South Wales Institute of Sport where I was an athlete and then obviously went on to to working within the program there as well and that's kind of continued on um, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that um, I didn't start working with Madison um, until I actually got a call from um, she's from Western Australia as well and she was coming over here for nationals for some junior nationals and um, I got a call from um, a friend of mine at wheelchair sports in, in WA and said You've got to come out to Narrabeen and see this girl. I think she's got a lot of potential. So I said, all right, yeah, that'd be great. You know, I was living in Sydney and I uh, went out and I saw in Madison and she was in, this, you know, she's such a small person and she was in this giant chair and she was doing really well. And I thought, all right, I've got to find a chair for this girl. And she was about 14 at the time and um, I ended up finding a secondhand chair for her. And she did so well that she ended up making her first Paralympic teams uh, team for the relay and, and the 100 metres when she was just 14. So I started coaching Madison remotely, um, you know, via Perth. And, you know, I was in Sydney and she was in Perth. So started coaching her and she was doing about three or four sessions a week and quite specific and then eventually you know obviously she was getting better and better and um, the pressure was put on her to to potentially move to where I was um, and I really wanted to see 
what she could actually do. She was already so good, a lot of natural talent. But I think even myself having a lot of natural talent, it'll only get you so far. You've got to go to that next level and you've got to step up if you really want to be the best. So, you know, I put that pressure on Madison a little bit as well. Like, you know, if you want to be the best, let me know because I think you can do it. And I'd love to help you achieve your goals. And um, she did move to the to the East Coast. I'm not saying that the East Coast is the be all and end all, but um, she had some great facilities and some great coaches and the opportunity to really be specific in her training and to get her to that next level. And, you know, she has shone, you know, so bright and, you know, the future is amazing. And, and you know, she's obviously going to her next Paralympic Games now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so privileged to be a part of her journey and to help her achieve her goals. Variety Activate Inclusion Sports Days are an essential part of what Disability Sports Australia deliver as a program in schools to kids with a physical, sensory or intellectual disability. Thanks, Variety, for all of your support. What's the feeling um, as a coach watching someone who you've really mentored and trained and helped to get to a stage achieve? Um, as opposed to being an athlete um, where it's on you and, and you've achieved, what's the difference in the feeling for that? It's nerve wracking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's nerve wracking watching the races, um, but knowing, you know, also it's, it's an honor to be part of it um, to, to know that you've done your very best. You've, you've helped this person uh, to achieve their goals. And yeah, it's just a, it's a phenomenal experience. Um, it's extremely rewarding. Um, obviously, my individual um, achievements were phenomenal and I'm so proud of those, but to be part of someone else's journey is just even more rewarding and challenging. Um, so, yeah, it's also extremely stressful watching them race. I, I've got no control. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <But> that's the <laughs> strange thing, right, is you, you can't call a, a timeout in, a, uh, in an 800-metre race, right, and... You I know, can't I'm tell her what like... to do during the race and, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, you should have pulled out, you should have done this, should have done that. But, you know, you, you impart all the knowledge you can, you give them, you know, the best preparation you possibly can and you just leave them to do it now. You know, there's there's only so much you can do. So, um, you know, we practice, we train, we try and prepare for absolutely everything and then it's up to her on the day and I have the confidence that she will make the right decisions and she will be able to do the very best she possibly can and achieve those goals. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's so important. And what's your message for parents, you know, maybe watching this or a young competitor who's like, or a, just a young person who's never tried sport and see, sees this podcast and thinks, oh, I might, might take that first step. You know, what's your advice to parents and participants? I think it's just important to come along and, as you said, to maybe a come and try day and just get involved don't be shy I mean it's easy for me to say that but um but you know we're we're a wonderful bunch um <laughs> we're a good community um and it's it's fantastic to become involved and you can try so many different things and as I said you may not be brilliant at it but you might have a good time and you might make some new friends you might learn a bunch of different things not necessarily about always about sport but about yourself and, and your situation and how different people do things and technology and equipment. And there's so many different things that you can get out of this apart from being fit and healthy and, and having a bit of a, uh, a go at sport. So, yeah, I would definitely come along and, and just, just try. You've got, to, you've got to get out there and just try. I often say sport is the byproduct, isn't it? It's the thing that happens, um, but it's everything else that you just mentioned. It's the, 
you know, awareness of technology, awareness of things in your day-to-day that can help you, the networking for parents, the friendships that you build, the confidence that you have, that's that's what really um, makes sports so great. It's But it's the byproduct of what it is, isn't it? A hundred percent. No, it is absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, I couldn't, you know, uh, I can't say that it's any better than it was. It's, it's, it's really shaped me in my life and, you know, I'm very grateful for that and I didn't know that it was going to do that. So, yeah, very, very grateful. All right, we'll finish up on this. Um, so I told you that this podcast is definitely about breaking down disability, breaking down stereotypes. You know, we um, have continual conversations about uh, how things impact us. I mean, we have things like the NDIS, um, which is a scheme now to support um, athletes um, and sport wasn't previously a part of the NDIS um, and that's being changed now and being looked at um, and we hope that um, people will see the benefit of you know community engagement and assisting people to take that first step and being able to get to more events and more come and try days like you said and, and get more involved but um, the political correctness of disability is something that I'm you know pretty passionate about and I know you are too um, and so I asked Louise um, to start thinking about some some stories of uh, some things that she's had to overcome in her life uh, and people's perception of her disability. Did you did you think about one that you can share with us? Well, there's too many, and unfortunately, they're quite negative. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, more than anything, and we've already touched on this, uh, is what um, obviously I I use a wheelchair for everyday life, and and my disability is very visual. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, you don't like to say this, but people assume all the time what you can and can't do um, and what your disability is all about. And, and that's very frustrating also. Um, I think being talked down to or having an able-bodied person stand next to you and the person behind the counter or so, or so forth directly talks to them about you. And I'm sitting there going, uh, I'm right here. Uh, I actually talk to and I can speak and communicate with you quite well and you didn't even try. And it's just things like that that just, you know, I think it flattens me now to think that people are like that still sometimes. Um, It doesn't happen very often now, unfortunately, but there there seems to be such a a negativity around disability and, and that seems that needs to change. Um, it's it's not negative it's just what it is and yeah I think the the most important thing is education and how we you know educate people in seeing disability and it's 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 there's a stigma around that and that's something that I I really want to see change more than anything Um, it's just a difference it's like having I don't know red hair black hair freckles um, being tall being skinny being you know um, short it's just it's it's just something else it doesn't matter um, you know the more people are seen in the community in 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 workplaces um, it's just yeah it's just going to be the norm and that would be the ultimate for me so yeah unfortunately it's it's still not great and of course one of the greatest barriers for me is um, physical access to so many different things um, so that's just a frustration, I suppose. A, a lot of people, depending on their actual disability, face on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, the world is not built for me, but um, I'll try and find a way. I can tell you that now. Um, not too much stops me. And, uh, yeah. Coloplasts have made countless lives easier for the last 65 years. 
With their range of intermittent catheters, collecting devices, and transanal irrigation systems, Coloplast allows you more time to focus on the things you enjoy in life and less time on your continence needs. Free NDIS support, nursing services, and personalized support are just the beginning with Coloplast. Find out more at coloplast.com.au. It's a great attitude to have, and, and that's what has always made you a champion is that, that belief in yourself and belief that, you know, you're no different from anybody else and that you can achieve whatever you want. And I think that's a message that we definitely want to instill in people with disabilities is that don't let your disability define you. You know, you define your disability um, and make people realise that you can do anything you really want to. Um, and, and, you know, Louise is, has done that all of her life. So, you know, appreciate that and appreciate you sharing that message. It's so important for people to feel that. And, you know, in the sports sector, I think that there are a lot of people who do want to open up their sporting clubs and, um, and, and you know, their national sporting bodies, state sporting bodies to do more in this space, but maybe, you know, are afraid that they'll do the wrong thing or don't understand it or, you know, are going to say the wrong thing. I often say to people who you know, are afraid of the saying the wrong thing, I said, you know, you'll never find um, athletes who are Paralympians or, you know, in, in disability sport who rib each other more than each other. And I said, <laughs> you know, so you could think of the worst thing that you could say and it's already probably been said and people are people, you know, and, and people understand that, you know, in the most part, not everybody's perfect, but as we talked about before, you have to have that conversation to be able to begin with. So you know, as long as you treat someone as a person first and talk to them, you know, like they're a person, um, every, the rest is, you know, negotiable and, and you can find a middle ground to it, right? Yeah, I think if, if people, like you said, if your communication is probably the key, um, I'm not hiding behind my disability, I'm not ashamed of it or anything, it is what it is and it's made me who I am and I'm very grateful for it. I mean, I don't know, who knows what I would have done if I if I was an able-bodied athlete or an able-bodied person. Um, I like to think that I still have the same personality, I still <laughs> probably be extremely competitive. Um, yeah, so, I don't see that changing much Louise. <laughs> no perhaps not even now when I'm totally broken I'm still like wanting to have a go so um so yeah definitely I think that the most important thing is as you said to see the person for who they are and try and understand ask questions um and you know don't be too too afraid uh, most people find it a little bit more refreshing to to ask and and just be polite well, 100%. Take that first step um, with Disability Sports Australia. We're here. You can go to um, www.sports.org.au um, and fill in an inquiry form, get in touch with us. Um, we'll put you in touch with a program around the country. Um, and uh, we look forward to your journey as a coach through the Tokyo Games um, and uh, and, and uh, the people who you've coached uh, to have them be successful. And we wish the Australian team all the best um, for, for Tokyo uh, 2020. It's still weird to call them Tokyo 2020 for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but look, thank you so much, Louise. It's been such a pleasure to be able to talk with you and just find your insights. And, and we really appreciate you being an advocate in this space and a mentor uh, to people. And um, congratulations on all that you've achieved as well. Thank you very much. And, yes, we look forward to the to the Paralympics and supporting the whole Australian team. Um, yeah, it'll be phenomenal. It'll be a Games like none other. But um, we'll do, hopefully, Australia proud and we look forward to competing. Thanks, Louise. It was great. Awesome. Thank you. That was cool. <laughs>
After you listen to our first podcast, we'd love to hear your feedback. So please get in contact with us at Disability Sports Australia through email. You can email us at info at sports, with an S on the end, dot org, dot au, and give us your feedback. Or post your feedback on our social media platforms, where we'll also feature social media posts about upcoming guests on the Breaking Disability podcast. We look forward to engaging with you as our members and our friends and people who are interested in the disability space to be able to learn more about what you want to hear and who you want to hear from. On behalf of Disability Sports Australia, I'm very privileged to be able to host these shows and to be able to engage. It'd be great to be able to have a good user experience. Thanks again for tuning in to Breaking Disability and to being able to support our initiative to bring more access to you with more information, training and education. Have a great day.